by Dad. By Dad. By Dad. Who's bad? I'm bad. I'm Dad. And you are on Fashion by Dad on 4 Triple Z FM. 4 Z.org.au. The time here in Brisbane is 3 a.m. In Sacramento, California, it is 10 a.m. in the morning. But it's Monday for you here on Fashion by Dad, where we love to put together the odd and the unusual. Where we'd like to delve back into the past to reflect on the future. I promised a little earlier that we'd have a segment called The Blazer of Glory, a blast from the past, a nod to fashion on fashion by dad, fashion gone wrong, design out of control, costume with attitude enough to put the world off kilter. So this episode's Blazer of Glory gives the name to Hilary Mantle's third and final volume in the Henry VIII trilogy. I guess you'd probably call it the Thomas Cromwell trilogy, but we all know Henry VIII and who knows Thomas Cromwell. Turns out he was the great-grandfather of um, Oliver Cromwell, the Republican who beheaded King Charles. So we heard a little earlier about Guy Fawkes, 1605. Henry was in the century before that, middle of the century before that. So we went through Edward, Elizabeth little stint from Mary before we get up to the actual Republic of Oliver Cromwell. Turbulent times. Death for religious beliefs. The English trying to take over the Ireland of Ireland, which of course had a big impact on the settlement of Australia since all the political prisoners, anyone who made any trouble at all was chucked in a boat and sent as far away to the other side of the world as they could. So, in the court of King Henry VIII, this was just a sort of twinkle in a randy old prince's eye. Movable type had been invented. Luther, Martin Luther, had nailed his challenge to the Pope on the door of a German church. And Henry, competently manipulated by Cromwell, approved an English-language Bible. So English was being spoken in the court for the first time. We think about the contribution that Shakespeare made to the English language, having invented something like, well, a huge percentage of our clichés and maxims. But it's not that he invented them, it's just that he was the first person to record them. English was not the official language. The court spoke Latin and French. It's the Normans, the Norsemen men from the north, the old Vikings who'd settled in France, started to dominate the world on horseback in armour, had taken over England and French was the court language. So, an English Bible, English spoken in the court, not paying taxes to Rome, taking over the assets of the church, courting and even marrying Protestant Germans. So, that's the era that we're talking about. Now, the book that I mentioned, Hilary Mantle's third volume in the Henry VIII trilogy, is called The Mirror of Light. The Mirror and the Light, which was the description that Cromwell gave to Henry when he saw Henry wearing the blazer of glory, that is, the royal crimson cloak edged with ermine, and pictured for you, a dear listener, on Facebook bydad.com or the Facebook page F by Dad or Instagram so the picture shows big tubby Henry VIII staring straight down the barrel of the canvas uh, with a crimson cloak edged in ermine worn over a silver blouse and doublet and adorned with diamond crusted bling From the book. When the king sees the mural Hans has painted, he says nothing. It is not for him to thank a mere artist, 
but he glitters, not merely augmented, but enhanced. The queen stands by him, and his hand steals out and rests on her belly, as if testing what he finds there, as he has many times in the last few days, while she holds her breath and wonders why. If she shrinks a little now and averts her eyes, it is from the man on the wall, from his fist planted on his hip, from his hand on the pommel of his dagger, from his belligerent gaze, from his straddled legs, unbandaged calves bulging with muscle, from his bejeweled manhood with a bow tied on top. By the saints, you are right, Hans whispers, when you said I should turn him to face us. He seems awed by his own creation. Jesus, Maria, he looks as if he would spring out of the frame and trample you. I wish France could see this, Henry tells the company, or the Emperor, or the King of Scots. There can be copies, Majesty, Hans says modestly, mirrors of his lively image ever larger, more active with every telling. Come, Jane, the King plucks his eyes away. We are done here, time to be off to the country. And indeed, if you look at the painting, his manhood is remarkably presented with a bow on top and bejeweled. Uh, so time passes. Jane dies giving birth to Edward, who will briefly be king a bit later on. France and Spain joined forces and threaten England. A new wife, the fourth, Anna the German, a political marriage to head off the Catholics. Unfortunately, Henry can not get it up. The bejeweled manhood is not functioning as well as it should be. The male heir is not apparent and the court is in turmoil. So, Cremuel, Henry says, I hope you will not run away to Charles, but stay. Henry's eyes are on his portrait of himself, massive on the wall of the chamber. His own eyes, Cromwell's, consult the image of his master. What would I want with the emperor? Were he the emperor of all the world? Your majesty is the only prince, the mirror and the light of other kings. Henry repeats the phrase as if cherishing it. The mirror and the light. Little Moses was found in a stream. 
Game-changing MC and poet Sampa the Great performs her only Australian shows at Sydney Opera House for Vivid Live. Leading a collection of artists to perform songs from her multiple-area-winning album, The Return, Sampa the Great's An Afro Future will be a visionary night of R&B, hip-hop and soul. Book now for Sampa the Great's only Australian shows at Vivid Live. August 8th at sydneyoperahouse.com. Proud sponsors are 4ZZZ. And on the Zeds, you're with me, Jeff Ebbs, listening to Fashion by Dad. Methuselah lived 900 years, but what girl will give in to a man who's been living for 900 years? Yes, it's a pain in the neck to be old, ageing ain't graceful, but it's kind of smelly. But there you have it. So, Fashion by Dad, we put together bit of the old, bit of new. It's about me talking to you. Now, every now and then, we have a great notion. Great notion. Name of a great book by Ken Kesey, set in the northwest of the United States, Oregon, on the river. A line from the song, Good Night, Irene, is Tom. Good night. 
Yes, Tom Waits, sometimes I get a great notion to jump in the river and down. Well, my great notion on this episode of Fashion by Dad is an invention. Hasn't been invented yet. I'm passing it on to you, dear listeners, so that you can invent it. Now, we've seen all sorts of great uh, material advances in material science that t- take the energy from sunlight and convert it into electricity, for example. Just think about solar rooftop panels. Now, just imagine if we had a material that worked as a heat pump, it absorbed the sun's energy, and that energized the particles to transfer the heat to the side on which the sun is falling. So that side got incredibly, incredibly hot and the other side got cool. So not just a material that naturally protects the insides from the sun heat, but actually makes the inside cooler. So it's a sort of like a rock that's a fridge. And if you think that's bizarre, just imagine what someone... from 900 years ago. Let's say you were Methuselah and you were 900 years old and you found a modern phone. It's essentially a piece of polished rock, a piece of glass, and you can whisper it in it and talk to someone on the other side of the world. You can touch the surface of it and call up any movie that's ever been made. What a piece of magic that is. Now, all we're talking about is a rock that gets cold on one side and hot on the other, energised by sunlight. Entirely possible. Then imagine that you can use this material to make bricks and you can build buildings in hot places. So, globe's going to get hotter. Wouldn't it be nice to have a brick that made things cooler? Then we could build air-conditioned buildings without having to use any more energy. That's my great notion. So, I'll leave that with you, dear listener. Might be a object for the Northern Development Association. In fact, I pitched it to a conference of Northern Development Ideas, but they said they were looking for ideas that could be proven to work, not speculative ideas. <laughs> oh well, you can't help. Don't be old dad having bright ideas sometimes. Clicking the earth is wrong, the right is stealing, the money is fueling, the chainsaws are laughing at trees that are falling on lives that are leaving on trucks that are muttering, petrol is leaking in seeds that are rising on cities are climbing for air that is sickening, crowds are demanding a change that is coming to future is turning to history's freestyling, now is restyling, here is transforming, this is now calling, everybody knows what time it is, not you then who, so let's fucking do this, one, two, three, don't watch the news, be the news, don't watch the news, be
streets I'm selling into the belly of the beast Chained to the gates of the goblin bankers Dancing outside courthouses Flash mobs and stage invasions Strikes, block-ons, occupations Walkouts, stand-ups, sit-downs, squats Got the workouts, etching for the insurrection Corporate lobbies, shutting them down Energy companies, shutting them down The Daily Mail, shutting them down Shutting them down, shutting them down Shutting them down, tax havens, shutting them down, Duck Islands, shutting them down, shutting them down, shutting them down, arms fairs, shutting them down, detention centers, shutting them down, financial districts, shutting them down, shutting them down, shutting them down, the garage door, shutting them down, the bread bin, shutting them down, Gary Barlow, shutting them down, shutting them down, shutting them down, don't watch the news, be the news, don't watch the news, be the news, don't. Watch the news, be the news, don't 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 wait for the movement. Petition requisition, time to get cheeky, time to get changed, time to get off your ass and reclaim. You can't speak truth to power, power only moves to power. Be true to your power, take power, make power, power to the people. The people got the power. Tell me, can you feel it getting stronger by the hour? Power to the people, the people got the power. Tell me, can you feel it getting stronger by the hour? Power to the people, the people got the power. Tell me, can you feel it getting stronger by the hour? Power to the people, the people got the power. Tell me, can you feel it getting stronger by the hour? Don't watch the news, be the news. 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 Don't. Don't watch the news, be the news. Indeed, a fine sentiment from Pete the Temp. PeteTheTemp.co.uk he announces his real name there as Peter Bearder. So I'm guessing that's the name he was born with. Mr. Beer, Mr. and Mrs. Bearder were his mum and dad. The film clip that goes with that has a lot of protesters running for a coal mine being chased by police. Uh, Pete the Temp here on 4ZZZ.org.au. You're listening to Fashion by Dad. Uh, now, before that, we heard Alice Fina slipping away, a new Brisbane artist. I've uh, linked her latest Facebook post to the Fashion by Dad, F by Dad, Facebook page. Not that that's an endorsement of Facebook, just like walking on a road isn't even an endorsement of cars or even driving on a road, not necessarily. We fall into the habits of the society that we live in. Now, a bit of context for what's coming up. Um, the year is 2007. Kevin Rudd is running the Kevin 07 campaign. Your host, Jeffrey Ebbs, is running a comedy character, Giovanni Abono, for politics in the seat of Richmond in northern New South Wales. So Giovanni Abono is a radio star, ran a show called The Generator. We still hear the generator news here on 4ZZZ FM on Eco Radio. 
midday on Wednesday. And uh, Giovanni Abono, the aspiring politician, spoke at the Byron Peace Day rally. You know, the sort of thing, a bunch of people get together. Anyway, Giovanni Abono, the comedian, couldn't help commenting on it. Ah, comedy's not always political, politically correct. So... Here's a language and concept warning. Warning! Some offensive language and concepts may be used in this song, so if you don't like it, tune out. Very, very weird gigs. I was at the uh, Byron Peace Day the other day. And um, you know, a couple of politicians paddling on about the importance of the Byron Shire to the Iraqi situation. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, National Party and the Go Two Monks are going to knock China into line. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> the uh, day is shaped up like most of those peace day rallies do. You know, I mean, the amount of friction in the fire and peace movement, I reckon they probably had something we, you know, could contribute to the conflict. <laughs> it would have followed it in the letters column of the Echo. They're our peace flags. No, they're not. They're ours. No, they're ours. Racing, fascist, want to fight about it? So, uh, the traditional owners were traditionally late. <laughs> the mayor left because she didn't want to be photographed fanning the peace flame on October 5 band <laughs> Feather Dawn started a uh, chant to send good vibes to the Gaza Strip. <laughs> but the mother would be Israelis wouldn't participate. <laughs> Greenpeace had this uh, huge white plastic elephant there, powered by a compressor, powered by coal-fired electricity. <laughs> it was about you know an hour and a half after we were supposed to start that we finally got all of the politicians lined up in the hall with an audience you know, ready to listen to why the Byron Shire is important in the Iraqi conflict. <laughs> and all of a sudden, 25 women in white robes descended on us. Now, they weren't pistol virgins. They were the peace choir. <laughs> Holy shit, I thought. I hope we've got enough toilet paper. <laughs> So I'm standing out the front and the um, boss angel, the boss comes sort of waltzing up and goes, oh that's nice dear, you're going to introduce us are you? And I said, no, I'm going to address the assembled throng. And she said, no, well that's not convenient because there's 25 of us and we've got to be somewhere in an hour and a half. And I said, yeah, well... There's about 50 people here, and they're here to see us, and we've been waiting for an hour and a half, and I've got the microphone. <laughs> she said, no, you haven't. I said, yes, I have. Anyway, I did what any self-respecting politician would do. I headbutted the bitch. <laughs> so I just want you to remember Election day, vote one for Action Man, the man with the eyebrows. And to make up for that politically incorrect deviation from the creed, here's the very powerful and very important Ziggy Ramo version of From Little Things, Big Things Grow.
gather round people and I'll tell you a story. 200 years of history that's falsified. British invaders that we remember as heroes. Are you ready to tell the other side? We start our story in 1493 with a piece of paper called the Doctrine of Discovery invoked by Pope Alexander VI. Without this good Christian, our story don't exist. From little things, big things grow. From little things, big things grow. Captain James Cook, he boarded a fleet. And he was armed with the doctrine of discovery. The same tactics were used by Columbus. It's how today Australia claims terra nullius. Cause on that paper, the Pope did write that you're only human if you've been saved by Christ. And if there are no Christians in sight, the land you stumble on becomes your God-given right. From little things, big things grow. From little things, big things grow. Is that your Lord? Cause that's invasion. That's the destruction of 500 nations. The genocide of entire populations, which planted the seeds for the stolen generation and grew into my people's mass incarceration. Now we pass trauma through many generations. The Lord can't discover what already existed for 200 years. My people have resisted. From little things, big things grow. From little things, big things grow. The war's continued since Captain James Cook. And this side of history you don't write in your books. You don't want the truth and you don't want to listen. But how can you stomach Australia's contradiction? Cause we went to war in 1945. We were allies against a terrible genocide. And I know it's uncomfortable, but the irony I see is that you fall for them, but you don't fight for me. From little things, big things grow. From little things, big things grow. We should move on, move on to what? I still remember, have you forgot? That Vincent Langari knew others were rising. Gringy inspired us to keep on fighting. So call it Australia, go on, call it what you like. I just call it how I see it, and I see genocide. Now that you hear me, can you understand? There will never be justice on our stolen land. From little things, big things grow. From little things, big things grow. This is the story of so-called Australia, but this is the story of so much more. How power and privilege cannot move my people. We know where we stand. We stand in our law. From little things, big things grow. 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 From 
Little things, big things grow from little things, big things grow from little things, big things grow from little things, big things grow from little things, big things grow from little things, big things grow. And on 4ZZZ, you are listening to me, Jeff Ebbs, Fashion by Dad. Uh, we just heard uh, Ziggy Ramo and Paul Kelly with Ziggy's version of From Little Things, Big Things Grow. Long-form version of the song recounting the history of the document of discovery, the Pope's paper encouraging Christians to go out and conquer the world. Very, very powerful piece. Great to see uh, history being put in context like that. Very, very uh, fantastic film clip too. One of the things that I love is Ziggy's standing on top of the opera house and it looks like there's a sort of cloud of light near him, some sort of a helium creature, an ectoplasm sort of surrounding him. And as the camera zooms in, you realise that he's letting the red earth slip through his hand and it's blowing in the wind and catching the sunlight. Absolutely amazing, striking moment. Ziggy Ramo, R-A-M-O. Look up Ziggy. A little earlier I was talking about great notions. One of the great notions that this archetypal dad has had. When you listen to someone like Ziggy Ramo and the doctrine of discovery, the notion of terra nullius, we often say in a welcome to country that sovereignty has never been ceded. But then when we get a statement like the Uluru Statement from the Heart, we just absolutely resist the sentiment in it. And it's not even asking for a return of sovereignty, it's just asking that Aboriginal sovereignty is recognised alongside the sovereignty of whitefellas. When you look at Australia, the sovereignty is embedded in the Queen. If you own land, you don't own the minerals under the land, they belong to the Queen. They don't belong to the Commonwealth of Australia or the people of Australia or the person with the freehold document that says they own the land. They belong to the Queen. That's how mining companies pay royalty. Any land that has never been claimed, used by anyone else is known as Crown land. It belongs to the Queen. So it's the Queen's birthday festival in many parts of the country. Not here in Queensland, where I'm referring, broadcasting from. Uh, we've just had Harry and Megan's baby in the news. Talking about Harry the Eighth, earlier on Fashion by Dad. Maybe we should be thinking about actually getting rid of the royal family, having a proper republic, and all of those things in which we are currently have vested sovereignty, 
we could return to the First Nations people. Now, I'm not authorised to say that. I'm not a First Nations purple person. I'm descendant of settlers. I told you a few stories about my Rechabite grandparents blowing up trees, bonfires, setting fire to people who sold grog. They weren't very kind people. That's my maternal side. I'm on my paternal side. I am the great-great-great-great-grandson of one of Cromwell's army who went into Ireland to kill the Catholic dogs. My uncle, who was a Catholic priest, Catholic father, yeah, Catholic priest, um, before he died, offered me the family heirloom, a silver medal donated to an ancient Ebbs. If I'm as old as Methuselah, it could have been me. It could have been me getting the silver medal from Oliver Cromwell. It's with ingratitude for killing Catholics in Ireland. I said, no, I don't, I don't want the thing. I don't know what you, as a Catholic priest, are, are doing, brandishing this, you know, relic of persecution as some kind of family heirloom. Anyway, we are what we are. That's what reconciliation is about. Enough of the harsh stuff. We'll stick with the Irish theme, but we'll go to something beautiful. First voice you're going to hear is a fella by the name of Christy Moore. The other voice I'm sure you'll recognise. And if you don't, I'll tell you later. There's lots and lots of love songs. There's lots of great love songs and lots of terrible love songs. But that one stands head and shoulders for me above the rest. And uh, I suppose in a way it was... It, it was unnecessary for me to to record it there's so many really good versions of it and it's the one song that i've recorded in my career that i feel i, I felt i indulged myself in just i wanted to record it because i love it so much the first time ever
Sinead O'Connor and Christy Moore. First time ever I saw your face. Hauntingly beautiful version of that song. <coughs> You're on Fashion by Dad on 4ZZZ FM, 4ZZZ.org.au. Uh, just before we went to Christy and Sinead, I was um, talking about the notion of returning sovereignty from foreign royals to First Nations people. I'm just posting a story to uh, fashionbydad.com on the topic story I wrote a couple of years ago about the concept. (coughs) Prince Andrew was in the news at the time, so I put a big red line through him, and the story's headed out with the Saxe-Coburg Gothers, because that was the family name of the royal family a German royal, German royal family, later changed the Battenbergs were the cousins, so Harry and Megan's new boy is called Batten, Mount Batten Windsor or Windsor Mount Batten. So the Windsors is the name they call themselves popularly in England. Battenberg was changed to Mount Batten, but the family name under Queen Vicky was the Saxe-Coburg Gothers. Queen Victoria spoke German in the castle, just like Henry the Sixth spoke Henry the Eighth spoke French and Roman. So we can't really trust the royals to govern in our interests. We are the subjects; they are the rulers. Let's get rid of the sickening privilege of a foreign head of state. Anyway, I said it'd be enough of that heavy stuff. Let's celebrate some tyrants. Here's a celebration of a tyrant from a uh, folk metal band. I promised you some folk metal. The Who. The Who were here in Brisbane. Who from Mongolia, playing traditional instruments, playing metal with traditional instruments. And their celebration of the great Genghis Khan.
the sound of Mongolian throat singing and traditional Mongolian instruments in a heavy metal tribute to the great Genghis Khan. Now, of course, we know Genghis Khan as the ravager of Europe, burnt down all the libraries in Afghanistan all the way through to what we now think of as Eastern Europe. So, huge tyrant. And, of course, his grandson, Kublai Khan, was one of the most benevolent and artistic rulers of China. Xanadu did Kublai Khan a sacred pleasure dome decree where Elf the Sacred River ran from the mountains to the sea. An old opium taker. Coleridge, I think. <coughs> anyway, uh, Genghis Khan, The Who, one of the last bands to play in Brisbane before the lockdown in March 2020. Had to split their gig in half to fit the audience who'd already bought tickets in to the COVID-constrained festival. And we're getting festivals again. Uh, now, while we're on the theme of folk metal, let's go to Japan and the Wagaki band. Atsuku no Ito. Aka, Akatsuki no Ito. Sorry, any Japanese people listening to Fashion by Dad right now. person mispronunciating your word is Jeff Ebbs, the dad in the Fashion by Dad.
heavy metal. I love heavy metal. <laughs> just, just for the record, heavy metal, heavy metal. Not such a huge fan of heavy metal. I love heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> You're gay. <laughs> it's not about Johnny Cash these days. Johnny Cash, man. And on Fashion My Dad, on 4ZZZ.org.au, you just heard the heavy metal from the Wagaki band. Japanese outfit with uh, mixing it up with rock drums, guitars and traditional Japanese instruments. Played a huge crowd, Bidi Bidi Popala, part of the folk metal, the combination of odd instruments and genres in our genre binder of the week here on Fashion by Dad. By dad. By dad. By dad. By dad. 